is awesome. Oh. You could experience stuff like that if you're in a group. So that's what I'm going to say. Uh, Sign-ups are available online today. There's a list of groups that are out there. And there may be a couple, actually, there may be one or two more that appear during this week. So keep checking the website and get in a group. You'll find relationships and a way to experience Jesus together. Uh, Good morning. Happy Easter. I, I'm Pastor Chris. If I haven't met you yet, there's a lot of faces I don't recognize. I hope to get to see a bunch of you and meet you and, and hear your story. But I'm excited today because today is a day to celebrate when we get to walk out of that tomb with Jesus. What, what he did 2,000 years ago, we are still a part of that today. We are experiencing life. In John 10, he called it abundant life. It's more than just existing. It's more than just going through the motions. It is a quality of life that he releases into us. So we're celebrating that today. And welcome to the first in-person Easter service in two years. I mean... <laughs> We, we are at a different place than we were a year ago, and I mean that literally, because we weren't in this building a year ago. We were celebrating online. Uh, we weren't here in person. Uh, Easter is amazing to be together. Good Friday was amazing. I just, I just wanted to take a second to thank Andrea and Ryan and Jesse for putting the Good Friday service together. Jesus was present in this building Friday night. I don't, if you missed it, uh, I'm not going to say shame on you because there's no shame in the kingdom of God. Amen. So if you missed it, uh, you're going to get the benefits of it through the lives of the people that were there. So it was an amazing time. But we are in a different place this year than we were last year. And we will be in a different place next year. And I don't mean that one literally or physically. If God wants to do that, he could. But I know that he will change things in us this year because that's been the word to our church for 2021 is he's going to bring change to our lives. And uh, I will tell you some things I know for sure to 2,000 years ago when Jesus walked out of that tomb, he was alive and he's still alive today. 2,000 years ago when he walked out of that tomb, he was the Lord of all and he's still the Lord of all today. I don't care where you live, where you are on the map, what's going on in your life. I know that Jesus is Lord and he got that, uh, that title and reminded us and demonstrated it to everybody when he walked out of that tomb on the third day after he was crucified. So we are here because he is alive. And uh, I know that we are not going to stop right here. Because God always has more for us. How many of you know that? God has more. Whether you're going through good times or bad, he's got something else for you in your life. And uh, this Easter morning, I want to spend a few minutes talking about something that will help us move forward in life. And it starts with the question that takes us back a minute. What were you doing a year ago? Just one year ago, what were you doing? Some of us can't even remember a week ago. Are any of you there? But I think a year ago, last year at this time was pretty significant. There were some major changes happening. We should be able to remember what we were doing a year ago. And I don't know the answer for everybody. I don't know where you were a year ago in life, what was happening in your world. But I do know some of the things that were going on at New Life Fellowship. And uh, to show you just a little reminder of that, I know we've already watched a couple videos this morning, but I just have one more video uh, just to give you a reminder of what was going on a year ago in our lives that's going to help us to move forward. So go ahead, Silas.
when you're on camera and you see the finished product. Uh, the, I remember the first week we went virtual last year. I, I did my stuff in one take. It was amazing. And then I got in my head about it. And the second week we had to record, I started my sermon like 20 times and couldn't get through the first two minutes of it. But last year around this time, think about it. We learned some new tech to be virtually connected to each other. We, we picked up Zoom, Skype, YouTube, Vimeo, all these things. Uh, we learned how to edit videos and use different software. We bought more face masks than bank robbers ever bought in their entire life. Like, I never thought of all the things I would spend money on at the grocery store. I never thought that would be one of them. Uh, we discovered new ways to meet in person. Uh, we were outside for a lot last year. Uh, we're going to do outside again this summer because it was so awesome last year. Whether, whether Corona is a thing or not this summer, we're going to have a few services out there because it was awesome to connect with God and experience him outside under the trees. Uh, we discovered new ways to reach out to each other. We did some outreaches for Easter and feeding the front lines and all those things. Uh, we adapted and we found new ways to do things. And as I think about looking back a year ago, it does bring up this other question of how will I move forward this year? Maybe you noticed that on the screen at the end of the video. How will I move forward this year? Just take a second to ask yourself that. How am I going to move forward this year? Uh, Just like so much else in life, we have to keep moving forward and growing. We don't stop when we get somewhere. How many of you know innovation is great, but you can't ever think that you've arrived at the best? It was, it was pretty amazing. I remember the day. It was amazing to have a phone that you could actually take around with you outside of your house. Come on, how many of you are old enough to remember your phone was stuck to the wall by a wire? It was amazing to have a phone that you could take with you outside of your house. But how many of you would be willing to go back to use the first ever mobile device you used? Like, innovation is great, but you can't ever think you've arrived. We thought the phone was awesome, but today, there's no way we would go back to that. The phone, anybody have the phone? You had to, like, hold it with both hands and look like the military with the antenna on the top. We, we innovate, we adapt, but we also keep moving forward. That's what God has called us to. Growing things change. We still don't want to get in a routine or a rut. I know for some people, 2020 was traumatic. There was so much change coming so quickly that we had a hard time processing 
processing all of it, but we don't want to get in a rut or a routine and just stop with where we've come to. We want to keep moving forward. And even in our Christian walk, we don't want to stop. There's always more that God has for us. Second Corinthians 3.18 says, we who with unveiled faces, come on, that ties into what Pam shared for communion today. When Jesus split that veil, we don't have to see him through a curtain or from a distance. We see him face to face. It says, we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. The end goal is to be just like Jesus in everything that we think and do. Uh, For those of you that want to study it out later, where it says we're being transformed there, same word that was used in the Greek when it says Jesus was transfigured while he prayed on the mountain. We're being changed. We're being transformed into his image. As glorious as discovering something about Jesus can be, or when we see a victory in our life, as exciting and glorious as that can be, we don't want to stop there. Because we'll miss out on something better, something even more glorious. Don't settle for sitting under the 40-watt bulb when there's a 100-watt bulb in store for you. Come on. There's something more glorious that he always has for us. And as we're thinking about how to move forward, looking back at last year, how do we move forward from where we are right now, here's another question I want to ask that will help us to move forward. Not what were you doing a year ago. What was God doing a year ago? Think about this for just a second, because when we look back at all the stuff in our life, there's a couple things we can look at. We can either look at what we were doing, what was going on, the natural in our circumstances, or we can look back to see, God, where were you at work in my life at that time? When, when we look back, do we only see what we've done, or do we see what he's done as well? And I'm going to tell you, there, there is a secret in there to seeing what he's done last year, yesterday, last week, that's going to help us to move forward. If we only look at what we've done, we're tempted to stop right there. Man, I gave it my best effort, but that's all I got. Did you ever, did you ever get to a place in life where, man, I gave it my best swing, and this is, this is as good as it's going to get, that was good enough. Or, or I think, oh man, I don't have anything left. And if we only look at what we've done, we think we have to make things move forward in our own strength. And we leave him out of the equation. We start to believe we have to keep doing things on our own and it makes it daunting to move forward without seeing what God has done and it's cultivating an expectation for him to do it again. It becomes tiring. I can't think about how to make things happen, how to make things move forward. Seeing what he has done helps us to move forward. In fact, it starts to change our expectations and it cultivates an atmosphere for him to come and do it again. Come on, that's in the church world. If, if you're not familiar with church or you don't come very often, you might hear the word, they call it a testimony. That's what we call it in church settings. But really, what does a testimony mean? It means we look back to celebrate and see what God has done because it stirs something in us and it stirs something in the atmosphere that primes the pump, that says he can do it again. I know he did it before. Think about the lady testifying in the video. If he did it for me, he'll do it for you. There's an anointing that's released. There's an atmosphere that shifts every time we stop to see, God, what have you done? And I expect you to do it again. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. His power at work within us. That is a present tense statement. 
That is not his power did something 2,000 years ago or his power did something 20 years ago when I kneeled at the altar and gave my life to him. His power is at work within us right now. There's stuff that's going on that he is still at work. He started good works not to just start them, but to finish them, to bring them to completion. He is up to something right now, current, present tense in our lives. Not we're just passing time. Asking and imagining in that verse means that we have dreams about the future. What are things going to look like? Where are we moving? What's going forward in our lives? What does he have in store for me? And I'll tell you, the devil wants to kill those dreams. The same way he thought he was killing Jesus by putting him to death on the cross. The devil would like to kill those dreams and not have us move forward. And I will say those dreams do die when we forget what God did. And we forget that his power is at work within us. Here's a quick story uh, just to give you an example. In scripture, uh, God had a people that he, they were following after him called the Israelites. And God used them often in scripture to symbolize what happens in our lives. Uh, for example, they were in bondage in Egypt. That represents us being in bondage to sin in the world. How many of you can remember back far enough where you were in bondage to sin? But some of, some of you have been saved so long that you're having a hard time remembering what it was like to live in that place. But the Israelites were in bondage for 430 years. They were living, working for other people, uh, making bricks. They were slaves, having their backs beaten. In fact, uh, when they came out of Egypt, it was miraculous. God delivered them and moved them forward supernaturally. They didn't have to pick up a sword. They didn't have to fight. In fact, at one point in the story, Moses turns around to the Israelites and says, stand still and see the salvation of God. How many of you know there's a battle that was won for us that we didn't have to pick up a sword or fight? We got to stand still and see the salvation of God. That's what we're celebrating today. Jesus did a work on the cross that won a victory for us that we simply got to receive it. We got to stand still and see the salvation of God in our lives. We didn't have to fight to defeat sin and death. Jesus did this through his cross and resurrection. And come on, the Israelites, their biggest chore when they got delivered was figuring out how do I carry all this loot from Egypt? All this blessing that God's given me to leave this place, how do we pack it up? Hey, can we have some camels too, not just the gold? We need to carry all this. Our biggest issue is just how do I receive and believe everything that you've done for me, Jesus? I, I, sometimes we can't imagine what we don't have to do anymore. That was something else Pam said. We're into all this striving and thinking we have to earn things, and we need to just believe and receive what Jesus did for us. Uh, here is a great Easter verse to remind us of that. 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty five says, Oh, death, where is your victory? Death, where is your sting? But thank God. Every time there's a thank God in Scripture, the an exclamation point, I feel like we just ought to stop and thank God. Can, can we say that together and just say, thank God, like you're awesome, Jesus. Thank you so much for what you did for us. It says, thank God he gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus won the battle and then he gave us the victory. Think about that with me for a second. It's, it's like somebody else went to work for 40 years and did all the hard work and and punched the clock every day and then they just gave me their money every week that's i got one woo thank you for that are we can we connect with this jesus actually won a victory and then he turns around and gives it to us i know you didn't do anything to earn this but i love you so much here it is thank you lord god 
Being free should bring some excitement in our lives. That's why we celebrate Easter Sunday. That's why every day as a Christian should be a celebration because Jesus has given us his life. He's made us free, free from guilt, free from shame, free from the power of sin. There should be an excitement that comes in our lives when we stop and realize how free he has made us. But sometimes we forget what he's done. I I mentioned the Israelites as an example, and I just want to give you one verse about how they forgot they looked back to see where they were last year. They looked back to see where they came from, but they forgot to look back and see what had God done. And it's, it's the same principle today. If we only look back in the natural, if we only see what we've done, we miss moving forward. We have to look to see what God has done. So God fought their battle. They didn't lift a sword. They came out of Egypt. The Red Sea actually swallowed their enemies. It says they looked for the Egyptians and they were no more because they had been drowned in the Red Sea, never to be seen again. They sang songs. They had a party. Uh, Miriam got out the tambourine. I I didn't put this part of Ken's video in there for an ad for life groups, but the men's group said they're missing their tambourine, and they are offering a reward if anybody wanted to return it to them. I said the tambourine has not appeared in the sanctuary, so I was not the one that hit it. But... uh, Miriam must have been a good tambourine player because they gave her one and they said, lead this song to remind us that the horse and rider are thrown into the sea, that God has won this great victory for us. Then one month later, picture this now. This is not a year later. This is not a decade has passed. They walked through the Red Sea on dry ground. They saw the waters cover over their enemies. One month later, This is what it says in Exodus chapter 16 and says in verse 2 that in the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. They had a buffet. It was an all. They went to sushi bomb. It was all you could eat all the time in Egypt. And it says, we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted, but you have brought us out in the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Just, can you hear that in their voice? But you, I I picture the finger pointing happening too, but you, Moses. First of all, they grumbled against Moses and Aaron. That doesn't sound like they remembered that God was the one that brought them out. Moses and Aaron, you brought us out. They left God out of the picture, and it caused them to get to a place where I'm grumbling and complaining. I forgot God's hand in it all. And the Israelites, because they forgot what God had done, they looked back and they saw how good it was in Egypt. Oh, we had plenty of food. They forgot 430 years of misery and enslavement and doing somebody else's work and having your back whipped because they were forgetting what God had done. Moses, you brought us out here to die. Instead of saying, wow, I bet the God that parted the Red Sea could provide food for us. Come on, think about it. When you look back to see what God has done, it changes your expectations. They could have said, man, God miraculously delivered us and defeated our enemies. I bet this is not too hard for him. He can provide food in the wilderness. He can come through and meet our needs. But they left him out of the picture and they said, man, we should have died in Egypt instead of out here in the desert. And what did God do? He loved them so much, he miraculously provided food in the middle of the desert. Here's some manna. I'm just going to make it rain bread every morning. You're going to go out and collect all the food you could need. You are not going to starve anymore. You would think that they had learned something, right? I know that we all think, man, if I would have been there, 
I wouldn't have been those grumblers and complainers. I would have said, God, you're amazing. Look what you did for me. Not so much. I bet we all would have been in the same boat. We would have been right there with the crowd. God gave them supernatural provision, and they still said this in Numbers chapter 11. We remember the fish we used to eat for free in Egypt. Yeah, freedom in Egypt had a price on it. And we had all the cucumbers, melons, leeks, onions, and garlic we wanted. Yeah, but now our appetites are gone. I was thinking after reading that list of ingredients, my appetite is gone. For all my vegetarians and vegans in the room, you're thinking, cucumbers, melons, leeks, and garlic, that's awesome. That's dinner for us. But for them, they start complaining again. Our appetites are gone. All we ever see is this manna. Can you imagine getting to a place where you so forget what God has done in your life that you're waking up every morning gathering supernatural provision from God in your hands, enough to feed your whole family, and you're staring at it saying, Ugh. All we ever see is this manna. I want the stuff we had in Egypt. That's what happens when we leave God out of the picture and we don't look back and see what he's done for us. I just want to go back to the way things were. Can we stop saying that in 2021? I just want to go back to the way things were. I don't know about you, but I want to move forward. I don't want to go back to the way things were. I think nostalgia has its place, but you can't let it make you want to go back. It can't get you stuck from moving forward to the place where you're just sitting around saying, oh, if only we could go back to the good old days. A lot of us in this room, if you're over a certain age, you probably, if you're honest with yourself, you know that the good old days weren't that good. But that's what they were doing. We want to go back to Egypt. Ah. They needed to sing those songs about what God had done to remind them, hey, you can defeat giants and conquer walled cities because that's what's staring you in the face. You want to enter your promised land? There's giants there that have to be defeated. There's walled cities that have to be conquered. There's things that you have to do to take this land and claim these promises. And if you get to a place where you're looking at the supernatural provision of God saying, you're not going to say, Lord, I believe that you're able. I know that you did this before, that you're a supernatural God, that you can can bring victories where it seems to be no way. We have to get and keep ourselves in a place where we're singing those songs and reminding ourselves, God, you, Jesus, you walked out of that tomb. You want a victory for me so that I could win victories and walk in your victory in any circumstance that I find myself in. God, we sang about this morning, physical health in decline. There's a God who's able relationships that are broken, there's a God who walked out of that tomb, who defeated sin in the grave. Hey, you've got relationships, you've got bills that need to be paid, you've got all these things that are going on in our lives. If we forget where God brought us through in the past, we're going to get overwhelmed right now and we're not going to move forward. We serve a God who is able to bring us the victory. He won the victory and gave it to us. Why do we need to be reminded about what he has done because I'll tell you very honestly life gives you more than you can handle how many of you have ever seen those bumper stickers that say God will never give you more than you can handle (laughs) like 
What a joke. Every day when you wake up, you get more than you can handle. Life is overwhelming sometimes. But when God is with you, that changes how we walk through life. Here's here's one last verse. We'll close with this today. This proves that God does let you have more than you can handle because life gives it to you. Logan, that was an awesome note right there, man. Sign him up for the worship team in 10 years. That is... I don't know where that is on the keyboard, but that's like up here somewhere. That was awesome. Woo! Second Corinthians 1, 8, 9 says, We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. Watch this. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. That says right there in that verse, life will give you more than you can handle. This is beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, come on, this is the Apostle Paul, the great man of faith. He says, in fact, we expected to die. Man, this is it. We're going to go see Jesus face to face right now. We expected to die. But as a result, we stopped relying on ourselves and learned to rely on only God who raises the dead. Instead of just seeing what they did a year ago or what they had walked through last week or just looking at themselves and the things they could produce, they chose to focus on a God who raises the dead. And that helped them to get to us through a situation that they could not endure on their own. It was beyond what they could endure. We need to sing those songs and remind ourselves what God has done so he can conquer and help us to walk through whatever's coming up in our lives. This is, this is our action item for this week. I know it's Easter Sunday. We're getting ready. We're going to do a baptism. Then we're going to sing a song and we'll be out the door in just a minute. But this is what I would like you to do. When you leave this place today... As you're sitting around your Easter plans, maybe you're getting together with family, maybe you've got some people you're going to see later this afternoon, just celebrate a little bit, share something that God did this year. Come on, let our conversation not just be about, oh, here's what's going on in life, or even here's what happened last year, or here's what happened last week. Share something. And if you have to search your heart and search your memory to say, God, what did you do last year? I got to come up with something. Take the time to do that because he'll show it to you. He'll remind you, this is, this is where I provided for you. This is where I came through. We need to get in that place where we're looking at things through the lens of, God, I want to see what you did in this moment because I'm going to need it to help me That's move right. forward. That's right. And we're going to expect him to do it again. Man, if you're in this room this morning and you've never, ever started a relationship with Jesus, you, you don't know anything about these things that we're talking about. How, how could God possibly come through in my life? I don't even know who he is. I don't have a relationship with him. This is a great day to do that. How many of you know Easter Sunday would be one of the best days to start a relationship with Jesus? And it, starting a relationship with Jesus is as simple as saying, Lord Jesus, I believe that what you did on the cross was for me. And I believe that you walked out of that tomb. That's it. When, when belief awakens in us, when faith comes alive in us, we enter into a relationship with Jesus where we can walk side by side with him. How many of you know that sometimes God heals instantly and sometimes he's faithful to walk with us through the process? Like there is a tension, there is a mystery that we won't know all the details of it till we get to the other side. Sometimes we see it right away and sometimes we have to lean on him and just know, Jesus, you're going to walk with me through these difficult times. 
Whichever way that happens in your life, the way that you know he's there with you is by starting a relationship with him. And it's, it really is. Jesus, Jesus told his disciples in John, he said that if you love me, the Father and I will come make our home with you. That's an amazing thought to me. The God of the universe, Jesus Christ, will come by the power of his Holy Spirit and make his home right here in my life. And he'll be with me through every circumstance I could possibly go through. Man, if you need to do that for the first time today, I just encourage you to take a moment to say that to God in your heart. I believe you. I believe that Jesus was your son, that God, you raised him from the dead and that he's the Lord of all. Man, in that moment, God, I give you my life and I receive yours. If you do that for the first time today, I encourage you, tell, tell us before you leave today, either stop at the connection point or come see one of us up front. Uh, we'd love to celebrate with you and just talk about what it means to be a Christian and how we do that. And uh, I'm going to do, do a baptism. I'm going to go over there and talk to Logan for a minute. And uh, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to baptize somebody. This is one of the first steps that you take after you become saved, after you get born again, after you get converted, whatever term you want to use, I'm not so hung up on the terms. When you come to faith, when it comes alive in you and you get saved, one of the first things we do is we go to water baptism because it represents Jesus going down in that grave and coming up to a new life. In the, in the early church, they didn't have the, the time of, hey, let's all bow our heads, close our eyes, and raise your hand if you want to follow Jesus. They said, come get in this water and show everybody that you're a follower of Jesus. And so that's one of the things that we do today. Uh, if I could have that mic, Pam. Thank you. So Brentley signed up in advance. If you didn't sign up in advance, but you've never been water baptized by immersion, today is a day that you could do that. Um, the tub is full of warm water. I, I saw Brentley first thing this morning. I said, do you want to go up and see the water in the tub? And he said... I'm going to go see that cold water. <laughs> nah, it's not cold here at New Life. In fact, uh, Brantley, you want to come up here with me? Come stand by me for a second. Hey, everybody, this is Brantley. They're very excited for what you're doing today. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So, Brantley, tell me, why, why do you want to get baptized today? Because I love Jesus. He died for my sins. Because he was nice, he, everyone loved him, and 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 everyone and and the bad people just put him in nails, and and when he was on Sunday, he raised from the dead. Give me five. <laughs> that is awesome. So we're going to walk over here and we're going to let Brentley get in the tub. You want to take your shoes and socks off? You guys are probably sitting there like, Pastor Chris, why would you talk for 30 minutes? Like you should just let Brentley do it. That's it. That's the story.
That's what I'm talking about. I'm always leery to pick the mic back up when I got wet hands. Uh, Let's go ahead and stand together in this place. And we're going to sing a song on the way out. And then uh, we'll pray and dismiss in just a minute. All right, let's see some hands up in the air today.